Welcome to HJ Talks About Charities, a dedicated podcast series from our charities team at Hugh James. In this podcast, we talk about topical issues and the latest developments affecting charitable and not-for-profit organisations to help provide some practical guidance to ensure they run effectively. We are lawyers, so we will touch on the legal standpoints surrounding the topics, but don't worry, we'll keep the legalese to a minimum. Welcome to the first of our Hugh James conversations. These are intended as a brief overview into the industries and clients that we work with at Hugh James, where they're encountering an issue that throws up some legal problems. I'm Emma Poole and I'm Client Relationship Manager at Hugh James and I'm in charge today of asking our teams of lawyers to leave their law books at the door and really focus on looking at the issue in plain terms, explain what the practical impact might be and what we should be looking out for. For today's conversation, I'm joined by Roman and Vlad from our Contested Wills, Trusts and Estates team. And the issue that we're going to discuss is one that's caused concern to our charity clients. The reason this has caused some concern is because it deals with bequests made to charities through wills, which are clearly a vital source of funding for them. Just to give you a bit of background, in January this year, an open letter was sent to all UK charities. And it was from the Chief Executive of Her Majesty's Courts and Tribunal Service, it notified them that a contract would be terminated with a company called Smee and Ford. Smee and Ford currently provide a paid-for notification service paid for by charities, uh, which alerts them when a bequest has been made to them in a will. Although the letter was silent about the reasons for that contract ending, save that it wasn't considered consistent with the department's legal duties, it has led to much debate and time is ticking as the contract will end at the end of July. So, Roman, turning to you first, can you tell me a bit about why this service has been of such benefit to our charity clients in the past? Sure. The legacy income, which is the income which charities receive through gifts in will, has grown massively over the last few years. I've attended a number of conferences and been speaking to members of the charity sector, and it's generally accepted that now you're looking at income receipts of around £3 billion, which is a huge increase of about a billion pounds over the past 10 years. So for many charities, this now accounts for a huge part of their income. Understandably, for those charities for whom it does account for usually a third or more of their income, it's absolutely vital now. They've built their whole business around legacy income. What the SME and Ford notification service does is it lets charities know if they're named as beneficiaries in the will as soon as probate's granted. In short, SME and Ford check each and every single will which has been filed at the probate registry. So they're checking about 5,000 wills a week here. And if a subscriber charity is named in the will, they'll notify them that they are and obviously of the bequest. This has been a service that's been running for nearly 60 years. And all of a sudden now, HMCTS want to uh, start messing around under the bonnet. That's right. Uh, and, the, and the service itself includes a huge deal of benefit to charities. For example, it allows charities to forecast uh, and budget for the year ahead, allowing them to undertake their charitable objectives as best as possible. It gives them the actual knowledge of the gifts in the will, which helps prevent fraud, uh, helps build relationships with executors, and where appropriate, it also actually helps with the efficient administration of estates. Um, while the service was actually due to end this month, Her Majesty's Courts and Tribunal Services have called and set out an interim solution. In the meantime, just hot off the press yesterday, the head of the um, court tribunal service has confirmed that the Smee and Ford contract will effectively remain in place 
for the next 12 months until a permanent solution has actually been put into place. Yeah, that's right. But here's the kicker. This interim solution is going to cost more to charities because HMCTS say their operating costs are going to increase from August. Yes, that's true. That rather avoids the obvious elephant in the room, which is that for many years, Smee and Ford were able to obtain copy grants and wills at a significant discount to the general public. The Lord Chancellor, however, is introducing new fees due to come in on the 22nd of July this year, meaning that the cost for providing copy probates and wills themselves will decrease across the board. However, what they're going to do is to ask Smee and Ford to pay the same as the general public. So while the cost for the general public is going to decrease, the cost for Smee and Ford will increase. That is a cost that they obviously need to pass on to the charities. And that's despite the fact that, obviously, as I said, Smee and Ford are checking some 5,000 wills a week, so there's no bulk discounts here. Vlad, you mentioned there about how this notification service had actually been able to prevent fraud when it comes to wills and legacies being left. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, of course. Executors have a duty to administer the terms of uh, the will as as it's set down. Now, if this bequest system wasn't here then charities wouldn't find out about their bequest until the executor actually notified them. So in certain circumstances, executors, if they're not necessarily as, as well-behaved and scrupulous as they ought to be, then they, they may well not notify the charity about a bequest, especially if it's a very small one. So am I right then that if you have one of those executors that isn't perhaps being as scrupulous as they should, that the charity may in fact be denied that money and never actually receive it? Yes, in theory, that that is the case. Whilst it obviously happens in a very minority of cases, the beauty of the paid-for notification system helps to eradicate it. Uh, Speaking from experience in terms of the uh, private client sector, dealing with individuals, unfortunately, this type of behaviour does occur. And that's why, from a charity um, sector perspective, the paid-for notification system helps reduce fraud. And do you have any opinions on why the contract might have been brought to an end? Because I understand there's been quite a lot of speculation. So there are known knowns, there are known unknowns, and then there's a position regarding this legacy bequest notification service. But there has been a lot of speculation. Talking to contacts and clients in this sector, uh, it seems that there may have been a number of possible reasons. First, there's our good old friend GDPR. What people have said is that obviously the details sent out to charities may include personal details of other parties named in the will, but It's difficult to see how that could be a breach of the general data protection regulations when first, the information is already in the public domain. And secondly, it probably falls within one of the exemptions. Uh, The second thing that people have been speculating about is possible breaches over European competition and market laws. There are then concerns over the contract itself, which you think this service has been going for 60 years. Some people think that it may be that that's been in breach of European laws. And finally, there was a, there were concerns about the discount itself provided to Smee and Ford being too low, given what they call this interim solution and Lord Chancellor's announcement with the reduction in the probate copy fees. I suspect it's probably got a lot to do with the last one. It's, you know, it, 99 times out of 100, it's always about money, isn't it? Coupled with the pending increase to probate fees, which is probably around the corner, although when exactly we don't know, Um, And that itself could probably take up a whole entire podcast. It seems that there's a drive to increase revenue into the court service through these fees. 
And does it seem likely that some similar arrangements are going to be put in place instead? Yes, it is. HMCTS have set up a steering group with a broad range of representatives from the sector to include the Institute of Legacy Management, Institute of Fundraising, Remember a Charity, the Association of Chief Executives of Voluntary Organisations, the National Council for Voluntary Organisations, and of course, HMCTS, who have all been meeting to agree a solution. Pretty certain I've covered everyone off, so apologies if I've missed anyone. And while those in the sector have been less than impressed with a lack of any real detail over the past few months, it does appear, though, that there will be a long-term continued legacy notification system, albeit we don't yet know in what guise and what, it will, and what form it will actually take. We obviously now know that the cost is going to increase, but whether long-term the position applies is still yet to be seen. Uh, Roman and I attended the ILM conference in May, where Ed Owen, the Director of Communications for HMCTS, gave an update on the position. He recognised that there was, or there is a real pressing need for a good notification system. Unfortunately, many of us delegates were left frustrated with the lack of any real update over the course of the past few months. So you said there's been some developments yesterday. What's the absolute latest? So, uh, as I mentioned, HMCTS published an open letter yesterday confirming the interim solution which will remain in place for at least 12 months and which will continue to be provided by Smee and Ford. The service, uh, as Roman noted, however, uh, is going to cost more to the charities given the significant increased operating costs. Although Smee and Ford will now provide copy grants and wills when notifying the charities, which they previously did not. So what can charities be doing now? So many in the sector are actively communicating their concerns to HMCTS and providing their views. In fact, Blurter Club, Legacy Income Manager for Save the Children, and this year's winner of the ILM Legacy Professional of the Year Award, was specifically thanked by HMCTS for her input. For others, it's probably a case of wait and see and hope that a sensible solution is reached, really. One of the aspects that's been flagged is that the third sector is changing a lot at the moment and that there's such an increasing diversity of organisations that are receiving legacies such as arts and culture sectors, for example, and that more consultation is needed to make sure that their needs are addressed. Is that something that you've been particularly aware of? And do you also feel that the Law Commission's reform of the law is something that needs to be taken into account? In a word, no. Uh, I've worked with a number of charities both in relation to defending challenges to their legacies and wills and in partnership with them to help boost their legacy income. So I feel I can say with some authority, really, that this really doesn't accord with what I've seen. The service is simple. It basically provides charities with details of a likely bequest based on the content of a will. It essentially does what it says on the tin. While it doesn't, because it can't take into account issues such as potential claims which may be brought to challenge wills or claims for financial provision, any potential creditors who might crawl out of the woodwork, or any other issue which may actually impact on the gift, that's something which can never be provided by such a service. You're really gazing into a crystal ball there. What it does do, however, is enable charities to take the appropriate steps to undertake that task themselves in as much as they can, bearing in mind that not all executors or probate practitioners are made equally. So what's next? Well, now you are asking me to gaze into the crystal ball. It's difficult to say. I suspect, I don't know what you think, Vlad, but I think that there, there's going to have to be a replacement service, whether that's provided by Smee and Ford or another private organisation remains to be seen. My suspicion is that the service that will replace the current one will 
be very similar, but at an additional cost to charities. But I think the real message is going to have to be, we wait and see. What would you say, Vlad? I would agree with that. I suspect we'll probably be having this conversation in 12 months' time, uh, sweating uh, when the deadline arrives as to what the future uh, long-term uh, solution will be. But it does seem as if cost is always going to be the key driving factor here. Okay, well, just to round things off then for this first conversation that we've had, obviously I can tell by the number of outtakes we've had during this podcast that working your team is quite a fun place to be. So best thing about working at Hugh James and in this particular area? Roman, you go first. I think for me, it's genuinely the interaction with people. I know Vlad will probably agree with me, but when I'm sat there in the middle of the pod with the rest of the team, I'm obviously... I think at times I can be driving the rest of the team quite hard and then it turns out that it's really me who's the big chatterbox there. So I find it often me having to take myself away to allow the others to work. So I think there's a real camaraderie and uh, and a real sort of bond between the team that I really enjoy personally working on a day-to-day basis with them. I'm co- contractually obliged to agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a cop-out flash, but I can completely understand your, your reasons for doing it. Uh, you can tell it's a room full of lawyers, can't you? Uh, well, thank you very much for your time and uh, look forward to the next one. If you'd like to take part in the conversation, suggest a topic or need some further guidance for your organisation, please get in touch at charities at hjtalks.co.uk. For more information on Hugh James and the services we offer, visit hughjames.com or check us out on Twitter at Hugh James Legal.